Hello out there, podcast listeners. I am your host, Tom Bland, back with another episode of Dinner and a Show. Uh, Unfortunately, due to the ongoing global pandemic and scheduling with people, uh, I will be flying solo tonight. That's okay. I'll still try to give you a good quality episode here for you. Uh, So for those of you who haven't listened to the show before, uh, Dinner Show is where I like to go out to a local or local-ish restaurant, depending on how things shake out, uh, and talk about either some good movie, a good TV, um, and then just give you my thoughts on both of those. And uh, hopefully uh, you guys walk away with some new helpful information. (laughs) So today, uh, the food that I will be talking about is from Core Life Eatery, which isn't quite local to Syracuse, New York, where I'm from, but it is, uh, I think, local-ish to this area, like uh, New York, up the tri-state area kind of place. Uh, and the film is Guns Akimbo, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, as always, I'll start with the food. Uh, Core Life Eatery is um, a healthy uh, option restaurant kind of place. It's, um, you know, on the website marketing how everything's locally sourced and fresh. Um, and uh, I've recently tried to get back into a healthy lifestyle, so Core Life Eatery appealed to me in that sense. So, uh, my mom got food for us all one day, and I said, oh, I'll try the, uh, the spicy Thai chicken. I, I know for, I've had Thai chicken from other places before, I really like it, so I'll, I'll give that a shot. Uh, the spicy Thai chicken definitely lives up to its name. It was not uncomfortably spicy, but it was, it was pushing that needle. Um, the chicken was very good, uh, there was a decent quantity of it, you get a really, a big bowl, um. There's a decent quantity of chicken. The noodles, I'm not really sure what the noodles are. They didn't. They look a little bit like um, pasta, kind of, but not really. Uh, there's tons of those, and they were uh, very good. Um, they absorb a little bit of the, the chicken flavoring and the seasoning for everything else. Uh, and the purple rice, which also fills the bowl. Um, I wasn't even aware there was purple rice, but that, you know, I'm not really much of a gourmet. <laughs> but the purple rice was absolutely delicious. I actively hunted through the bowl to find that after I'd eaten all the chicken and the noodles, uh, because it was so freaking tasty. And it was a very filling, filling dish. Uh, I ate all the chicken and I started going to town on the noodles and the rice. And I thought I was, you know, I felt like I was eating for a a good time and I'd made a big dent in the bowl, but I probably ate like a third of it (laughs) after the chicken. And so that was plenty left over for, uh, uh, my second lunchtime snack or something like that the next day uh they have plenty of options they've got uh stuff like kale caesar chicken bowls uh there's a steak bacon and blue cheese bowl and i know you think that doesn't sound like it's particularly healthy but it actually according to the website it's only about 490 calories uh there is um coconut curry chicken soup uh i almost feel like i have to try that at some point because it sounds ridiculous um everything they make is gluten-free uh, they do have uh, vegan options, too. Uh, one of those I saw was the sriracha ginger tofu and grains, which I myself am not vegan, but, I mean, that actually does sound not too bad. Uh, and so, yeah, that's it's a nice restaurant for um, uh, healthy eaters. Uh, even if you're not terribly into, like, the whole healthy eating lifestyle, I think there's still stuff here people could find. So if you have a friend who really wants to go to Core Life, you know, don't roll your eyes and think what the hell am I going to eat here? That actually, I think, is a a good uh, variety of options for everybody. Uh, All right, well, on to the film. 
and this week it is Guns Akimbo, uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving, and the film was written and directed by Jason Leigh Howden. Uh, I think this might have been his first feature ever, because it's certainly the first time I've ever heard of him. He did not have a Wikipedia page, so I think he's either, this was his first film or this is very early in his career. Um... The basic premise of the movie is Daniel Radcliffe works at, uh, he's a programmer for a video game company, and the film opens with, like, voiceover from him, and we'll get periodic voiceovers from him throughout the film, and he talks about, yeah, I work as a video game programmer. Sounds pretty cool, right? Nope, because he works at, like, some phone, freemium uh, phone game app place, and he hates his job. His boss is, like, a super jock dick, um, his friend uh whose name escapes me at the moment one second wikipedia i believe his name was stanton oh hadley hadley that was the guy yeah um his friend's name is hadley and he they just kind of shoot the shit all day and you know they shoot nerf guns at each other and just generally try to make each other not miserable um, he lives alone in his apartment, which, you know, not for nothing, they tried to paint him as, like, this giant nerd, and he, he was in the movie, but I, his apartment was freaking sweet, okay? I know this is coming from a giant nerd, but he had, like, hot toy versions of superheroes and the Terminator and just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, it was apartment I would have happily lived in. Um... And he's just generally kind of dissatisfied with his life. He has recently broken up with his girlfriend, uh, Nova. Uh, well, he didn't break up there. She left him. And he's just generally kind of down. And he spends his offline t- or his uh, off work time at home trolling people who are just kind of dicks. So he's like the troll that goes after trolls. And his newest thing is he goes after people who watch Schism. And Schism is this online underground fight arena that has two combatants fight to the death in some random local town, and nobody knows where it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but it's just causing general mass chaos throughout the world because it's like you're having death matches in, like, towns and anybody can get caught in the crossfire, and it's... It's really weird because the movie never really... Like, the cops are obviously after Schism. But it feels like if there's this underground fight arena, which is, like, live-streaming death matches on the internet, I feel like cybercrimes units should have been better about tracing IP addresses and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. Um, and so Daniel Radcliffe gets pretty toasted one day, and he decides he's going to go after people who watch Schism. And he's going after him, calling him all kinds of names, saying anybody who watches this is just like a sick fuck, and you people are garbage. And then he gets a message from uh, the Schism admin, who says, you know, you talk pretty tough, keep it up, and uh, some bad stuff's gonna happen. And he says something back to the guy, and then the, the admin just replies with an IP address. And Daniel Radcliffe realizes it's his IP address. And he gets freaked out, shuts his computer off, and is like, oh my, you know, like, oh Jesus, and he, he passes out drunk, and uh, he just chalks it up to whatever, it's, you know, they're just trying to scare me. Uh, he gets woken up the next morning, or no, sorry, before he passes out drunk, he gets a text from Nova asking if he, she, um, if Daniel Radcliffe would like to meet her at the park. Uh, his name's, what is it, My- Miles. 
his character's name is Miles. Yeah, if she wants to meet him at the park so they can talk tomorrow at, like, I think 10 a.m. And he's like, yes, perfect. Oh, great. Hey, I'll meet you. So he gets woken up the next day uh, by a bunch of guys from Schism. And the Schism head, uh, I guess he's the head honcho. I don't, like, he's certainly not um, a very normal man. His name is Richter. He's just covered in tattoos. He's got to be, like, in his 60s. So it's, it's, it's like... I imagine this is what, like, people from our my generation are going to look like when they hit 60, just covered in tattoos everywhere. It's like, it's not the best look, but it's, you know, he, he pulls it off for the most part. Um, and Richter's talking to him and saying, oh, you were, you know, you were the guy who was pretty brave last night, talking a lot of shit about us. And Daniel Radcliffe's apologizing profusely, like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't really mean it. You know, I, I just, I was just trolling, you know, I, I just got drunk and I was trolling and, uh, don't kill me. And Richter looks at him and says, oh, relax, buddy, I, I'm i not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you at all. And he's so thankful that he's not going to die. Um, but uh, Richter's not going to let him off that easy. He says, I'm going to, you're, I'm not going to kill you, but you are going to die. You're going to have to participate in the next schism fight. And he looks at his one of his henchmen and says, knock him out. And the dude cracks Daniel Radcliffe in the face with a punch and... Daniel Radcliffe starts screaming like, oh my god, you just punched me in the face. And I always kind of laugh at that in, in movies where the one punch in the head just knocks somebody out instantly for hours. And I did, I really enjoyed that, that they, they played off that here where just, it really hurt. But yeah, it's not going to knock somebody out. And uh, the other henchman rolls her eyes and says, oh my god, you're an idiot. And shoots Radcliffe with a tramp gun. Um... And he wakes up in the middle of this surgery that they are performing on him, where they are surgically attaching handguns to his hands. Like, just drilling with, like, a power drill into his hands uh, to attach these things. And he, he screams, and they the other two, the first henchman punches him, and this time it does knock him out. Uh, so we see that uh, Radcliffe's opponent, Miles' opponent, is going to be Nick's. Uh, played by Samara Weaving. And Nyx we'd seen in an earlier scene killing her opponent uh, in, like, driving down the street in, like, a Camaro, and he she was uh, getting chased by him in, like, a truck with one of his buddies. She does this crazy, like, handbrake spin and shoots through the windshield and kills both of them. And uh, during that scene, I gotta say, this movie had a banger of a soundtrack because it's a cover of You Spin Me Right Round by uh, Boy George, I think. But the, the band this time was Three Teeth, and that was awesome. Another great cover was, uh, they did a cover of Ballroom Blitz by a band called Sweet. Um, so that was a, a fun, uh, thing in the movie had going for it, too, was the soundtrack was just fantastic. And even, like, not the, um, uh, like the instrumental music, uh, I forget who the composer was, but that was also really cool and, and added a fun little, like, like 80s techno-y beat kind of thing to it. Uh, so we see that, you know, Nyx is this crazy lunatic who snorts coke in the middle of fights and is just, like, a killing machine. Uh, we also watch her take out a drug lab looking for more product, I assume. And she's just mowing through henchmen left, right, front, and center, killing them all. And the cops show up in, uh, in the middle of her drug uh, lab, <laughs> like, frenzy. And she gets chased by this one cop in particular... Uh, who seems to have a real interest in catching her. And so Radcliffe wakes up post his surgery, 
and uh, he is in his apartment, and he <laughs> wakes up, and he just thinks he had a, like a horrible nightmare while being drunk. Uh, then he stands up and sees, unfortunately for himself, that nope, he has <laughs> guns surgically attached to his hands. And when I say attached, I mean attached, like drills and bolts everywhere and it's they they his hands are even like attached to the grip so it's not even like he can let go and kind of maneuver his fingers like that the only fingers he can maneuver are his trigger fingers and his thumbs kind of maybe so he's freaking out because he's got guns attached to his hands as i think a person would freak out if they woke up with guns surgically attached to their hands and he sees his phone has a message. And he has to, like, finagle and, like, try to not shoot himself as he uh, plays his phone message. And he fucks up the first time and accidentally pulls the trigger, I think, on the right gun. And it goes off. And he we get another little voiceover from him where he says, Fun fact, guns are way louder in real life than they are in movies. And, you know, he, he has, like, a violent reaction. It makes him throw up. And uh, he finally sort of manages to, like, get his phone in a right spot and hits play on the voicemail. And it's from Richter telling him, you know, uh, you're a keyboard warrior. You're awful brave when there's nothing real at stake. Let's see how you do when, you're, you know, your life's actually on the line. And he tells him that Nix is his opponent. But, you know, Miles is like, who the hell is... I don't... What? Who is... And he's, you know, just generally freaking out he's also in his bathrobe and fuzzy like paw slippers so not the best outfit for a death match uh it is fun to watch though and so he's just trying to figure out what the hell is going on nix uh has uh oh they're also tracking his cell phone so nix can find him and so nix makes her way to his apartment and she kicks the door in sees him and is like just because she doesn't know what he looks like all she knows is that's who she's supposed to kill and this is how she finds him and he's just completely unprepared for this she's staring at him like what what is this and he's you know trying to beg her like i i'm sorry i don't i don't don't, don't, i'm i don't want to fight you um but you know these people broke out my house they did this to me I, i don't know what's going on and she's kind of like, ah, oh, well, sucks to be you. And she tries to kill him, and he, like, ducks behind his couch. And all his cool action figures, unfortunately, get caught in the crossfire. He's freaking out. He's like, just shoot around the expensive stuff, I think was one of his lines. Which, I, I felt that on an emotional level, Miles. I, I get you. Uh, he, he cranks the volume on his TV, which is, like, in the middle of a Van Damme movie, and there's a shootout happening. So she shoots at the TV, thinking it's someone else. He uses that moment to escape down the fire escape. Uh, he, like, falls the last 10 or 15 feet because he can't grip anything with his hands. And so he's off and running down the street in his fuzzy slippers bathrobe with guns attached to his hands. And he's freaking out, freaking out, and he doesn't know what to do. And he he runs and he finds the cops. And he goes, oh, my God, officer, the officer's got to help me. And they just see a lunatic with two guns in his hands. And pull their guns on him to, you know, get him to drop the guns. And he's like, I, I can't. I, he's trying to explain. And Nick shows up and shoots at the cops and him. And he starts running again. And one of the cops chases him. And 
he's trying to climb a fence and the cop's trying to yank him down and he accidentally shoots the cop in the arm and uh <laughs> the cop thinks he's gonna kill him but instead daniel radcliffe like puts like uh i think he takes like part of the cop's hat or shirt or something and he tries to staunch the bleeding goes i'm so sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that uh your friend will, your, your your partner will find you uh, and he takes off running and it just this movie is insane and it's that's the whole sense of it is just like it's this there's this constant sense of of uh just frenzied mayhem going on and it's captured beautifully uh the camera work is great um and the whole time he's he's being chased by nicks he realizes that he's he's got to get to nova in the park his ex-girlfriend um so he finally makes it to the park and he sees Nova sitting there alone on a bench, and she starts to leave, and he's desperately trying to follow her, because Nick's, Nick's is still right on his ass. And she gets in her car, and her passenger window is down, and he literally just jumps through the passenger window and starts saying, You gotta go, you gotta go right now, you gotta leave, drive. And she tells him to calm down, and he, he, he calms down a little bit, just so she'll, you know, leave. And she drives off, and as they're driving... Uh, she says, you know what, I've had time to think about it, and uh, I, I, I don't think we should get back together. And Miles is a little heartbroken, and, uh, she says, you know, go out, Miles, and meet somebody. And he kind of jokes, well, I actually, I have met somebody. And she says, oh, really? That's great. Who? And he goes, okay, uh, I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, you're gonna freak out, but try not to freak out too bad, okay? Just, just get ready. She's like, alright, whatever. She goes, so, you know Schism... And she says, oh my god, Miles, you joined Schism? And he goes, no, 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 I did not join, did not join, was forced into it. And then he shows her his gun hands. And she freaks out, because she just thinks he's pulling a gun on her. She maces him, kicks him out of the car, and drives off. And he's blind now, running away from Nick's, and he hides in a clothes donation dumpster away to get away from her. And uh, the whole time he's being followed by drones, which are recording everything and broadcasting it to the world. And he's, you know, he's getting mocked online by people who think he's just a giant wuss. Or that, you know, the, some people are even surprised he's lasted this long, considering how much of an idiot he's being. And Richter loves it because it's uh, the ratings that are coming in for watching Miles fight are the highest that Schism has ever done. Um, Nova goes to the cops to report what happened, and they reveal that, um, uh, they show her footage, and she sees that he, he has been, he, like, the guns aren't part of, like, he's not holding the guns that, that are attached to him, and she can't believe that this is happening. Uh, the head cop, uh, the, uh, DeGraves is his name. And DeGraves uh, tells his partner to hack Miles' phone so they can track him, because if Nix is going after Miles, then they can find Nix that way. And uh, we still don't really yet know why this Detective DeGraves is so interested in catching Nix, but like his partner even says, like, we don't have a warrant for this hack or this trace, and he says, I don't really care, we need to get it done. Uh, he says, okay, fine, I'll do it. And now comes one of my, my favorite scenes. Um, we, Miles, uh, extricates himself from the clothes donation bin with a pair of jeans, a sneakers, and a slightly worn hoodie and a t-shirt. And there is a homeless guy sitting in the alley staring at him. 
and Miles, you know, kind of says hello, and he looks at the guy and says, hey, I know this is going to be a really weird thing to say, uh, but could you help me get dressed? And the homeless guy kind of stares at him for a second and goes, you're right, that really was a fucking weird thing to say. Uh, the homeless guy is played by Reese Darby, who people probably know from, like, Flight of the Concords, or he voiced, uh, Coran in the Netflix Voltron show. He is hilarious, and he is hilarious in this movie as well. Uh, so the guy helps Miles get dressed. I don't think we ever learned his name. Um, and so Miles now at least is in normal-looking clothes, instead of his bathrobe and fuzzy slippers. And he looks at the guy again and goes, hey, uh you got anything to eat? And the homeless guy looks at him and goes, first, I helped you get dressed, and now you want some of my food. And Daniel Radcliffe is like, yeah, if you got anything. And the guy goes, well, I got, like, half a hot dog that I haven't eaten yet. And he goes, perfect, can you put it in my mouth? And the guy goes, I'm not doing that. Uh, I've already, this is weird enough for me. You've asked that well, too much. And... Oh, sorry, before Daniel Radcliffe asked him to put it in his mouth, he was like, ooh, you got anything else? You know, I try to avoid meat, you know, anything has cruelty or in it. And the guy's like, what, what, what do you mean by that? And he goes, I just, I don't like contributing to violence in the world. And the guy looks at him and says, well, that's, that's all well and good, but what are you going to do when the violence comes to you? You know, you a Cypress Hill fan at all? And Miles looks at him and goes, what? You know, Cypress Hill, man, when the shit goes down, you better be ready. And Miles like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think I've heard that song before. Um, so, yeah, the hot dog gets dropped on the ground, and Miles keeps trying to pick it up between his guns and not, you know, shoot himself in the face while also eating this hot dog. Uh, he finally manages to eat the hot dog after dropping it, like, two or three times. Um, and he, he talks to the guy. He's like, I, you know, I gotta figure out what's going on. I, you know, these... Uh, schism I think is tracking me with my you know GPS because of my phone and he starts to like explain what GPS and all this you know technical stuff is and the homeless guy looks at him and goes what the fuck is that like you think just because I'm homeless I don't know anything about like technology maybe I was a dot-com startup guy and I just lost everything when my company went under and Daniel Radcliffe goes oh my god I'm so sorry is is that what happened to you no nah, I just I really like crack <laughs> um so uh Miles realizes he's gotta figure out if they are tracking him and the only way he can do that is with some help so he goes to his job and uh wants to get his buddy hadley to help him figure out if they are tracking his phone so he shows up and he he, he sits down next to his friend and his friend's like dude where the hell have you been you know you're a boss is pissed and he looks at him and goes yeah i'm sorry sorry look i just I, I think someone is following me and i think they're doing it by tracking my phone but i, I can't be sure i need you to to get my phone and and uh uh tell me if someone's tracking me he goes all right give me your phone and Daniel Radcliffe has his, his gun hands in his hoodie pockets, and he says, I, oh, I can't do that. Uh, just reach reach into my uh, pocket. Oh, no, he says he glued his hands in his pockets. And he says, just reach reach into my uh, reach into my pocket and get it for me. And the guy's like, I'm not reaching in your pocket to get your phone. This is just weird. And he just keeps badgering him. Just, just get it. Just get it in my pocket. Just get it in my pocket. And finally, his, his friend gives in and, and takes the phone out of his pocket. He goes, ah, it's warm from your thigh. It's gross. And uh, he plugs the phone in. And sure enough, he discovers that he is being tracked um, by schism. And Daniel Rappel says, can you get rid of it? And he goes, well, I can either get rid of it totally or I can put a thing in there that will let you enable or disable tracking. 
I don't know why, you know, but you might want that. So he, uh, Miles says, yeah, yeah, do that. Do that one. And uh, he goes to do that. And while this is happening, dude bro boss man shows up and starts getting in Miles' face again, telling him he's just a worthless replaceable peon. He's just a joke. And all this shit. And finally Miles just snaps and pulls the guns out of the hoodie pockets and tells, I think his name is Zach, maybe? Uh, he tells him that he's had enough of being treated like shit, and Zach's such a bad person. And, you know, now that he's got a gun in his face, Zach is blubbering and apologizing and saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean any of it. You know, you're my favorite employee. And, you know, generally just being a coward, which, you know, to be fair, you've got two guns in your face. Um, and, you know, Hadley is like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. Um, and just... Generally, the whole office is freaking out, and Miles looks around and sees how afraid everybody is, and, oh, is the, sorry, the boss's name is Xander, not Zach, and he realizes that, ooh, this, is, this isn't great, um, and he, he starts to apologize to Xander, and he goes, Xander, I'm not going to shoot you, and the second he finishes saying that, Nick shows up and blows Xander's brains out from behind, and starts just shooting up the office, and Miles runs over to Hadley, gets his phone back, and says, all right, uh, you know, I gotta get out of here, she's gonna, don't worry, she's gonna follow me, just, you know, cover me, and I'll get out of here, and Hadley looking at him like, cover you, cover you with what, this doesn't, like, what the hell am I supposed to do, and Miles runs off, and as Nyx is about to shoot in the back, a nerf dart hits her in the head, and she turns and looks at Hadley, and he's like, ah, look, I, bad choice, sorry, sorry, uh, don't kill me, and she just shoots, like, above his head, and he <laughs> Hadley ducks and, and hides, and she goes after uh, Miles again. Uh, I loved that. I was hope I was wondering if the nerf dart thing was going to come back. Like, I wasn't sure if Hadley was going to do it or if Miles was somehow going to use the nerf gun. But I figured that was going to come back, and I, I love that it <laughs> saved him. Uh, saved his life right there. Um, so, Miles is running, and he gets into the parking garage, and he carjacks somebody because he can't really break into and start a car with his gun hands so he takes one that's already up and running and Nyx chases after him she's on a motorcycle we get a really freaking sweet fun chase where she's shooting at him and he's uh just trying to not die and they crash and this is one scene where it was kind of hard to suspend my disbelief because they hit or uh, Miles hits another car and goes through the windshield into the other car. She goes flying off the motorcycle, hits the pavement, and just goes down. And I get it. This is a zany, wacky, over-the-top action movie, but it's like, that's kind of hard to not believe they're just shredded meat right now. Um, but he, he runs away, and they get into like this abandoned factory kind of place. And he takes a couple pot shots at her with his guns. And one cool thing I also liked is the visuals for this movie were very striking. Like, the colors are very neon and pallety in some scenes, and it's, and it's really cool. And every time he fires a bullet, uh, it'll say righty or lefty, and you'll hit, like, an ammo count on both ones going down, I think, from 50 is where they started. And so he fires a couple pot shots, and it's, like, it causes him immense pain because, you know, every time the gun goes off, the bolts in his hands are, you know, getting moved around and squished around. And, I mean, it's just, it's got to suck to have that <laughs> go off every time you uh, pull the trigger. And Nyx is just, she says at one point she's embarrassed for him. And she starts giving him tips on how to accurately aim a gun. Because she's 
just so mortified that this poor idiot is her last kill before schism uh wipes her um uh her criminal record from the internet so that's what she's getting out of all this is schism's hanging over her head like oh yeah you know you you help us you reduce x amount of fights and we'll let you out and um so yeah he, he's taking awful pot shots at, at her i think he doesn't wing her but he like hits the wall near her face and gets some dirt in her eye and she gets pissed and starts going at him and he is shooting back at her and hits like a camera if it's a propane tank or a gas tank or something that explodes and it goes off and she sees the fire and it triggers some like flashback for her where we see like a car bomb had gone off and killed her mother and sister we assume and so she's like momentarily paralyzed by this fire and he has the opportunity to kill her i mean i god knows if he would have been even accurate enough to hit her from where he was but he he has the opportunity to to like just end this and he hesitates and then decides not to and runs off um she kind of shakes off you know her ptsd and um he's like just trying to figure out what to do next so he, he tries to call nova to explain what happened and in the middle of the call with her we see richter uh kidnapping nova and he says you're gonna stop running and fight because if you don't end this in x amount of time we're gonna kill her and we also had seen um post uh nerf dart incident hadley was watching the schism stream to see what happened to Miles, and he gets kidnapped out of the bathroom. Um, so Miles isn't sure what to do. Um, he then he has an idea. If Nix is tracking his phone, uh, he's going to lead her into an ambush. So he goes to a junkyard and he calls the cops and tells them, "Yeah, you know the schism and Nix and all that stuff. I think I know where they're going to be." And he just leaves his phone on on the pile of junk, and he goes to walk off and let Nix and the cops duke it out and whatever happens happens uh he is like the most unlucky person in the world because he turns the corner and there's a drug deal between two gangs going on and they're freaking out because like they're both looking at the two leaders are both looking at each other, like who the hell is this you bring this guy and they're they're freaking out they're freaking out and then the gang's like all right look you say you didn't bring him. I say I didn't bring him. I guess the only way for us to like prove that neither of us brought him is for both of us to kill him at the same time. And Miles is like, oh, I don't, I don't think this is great. Yeah, there's got to be some other way we can resolve this. And Nyx shows up right then and says, ain't nobody killing him but me. And she's got like a friggin' minigun and just starts mowing gang members down. Just blowing people left, right, front, and center away. And it's just chaos and frenzy and insanity and i loved it and miles starts to run away and he's just just trying to get the hell out of there before the cops show up and the leader of one of the gangs is chasing him down and miles shoots him i think he wings him first in like the gut or something and then the guy falls right on top of miles and another shot goes off and like hits him in the throat and just kills him and you know miles is panicking because he just he can't believe he just killed this guy it's you know he doesn't know what to do and he just crawls through a pipe to get away as Nyx finishes just massacring the rest of the gangs and he gets out of the pipe and he just walks right into a line of cops and DeGraves and his partner are there and DeGraves arrests him personally and starts to take him to um or 
uh, Miles is hoping he's going to take him to the hospital to get these freaking guns removed from his hand. And they pass the hospital, and Miles is like, well, what the hell's going on? Like, what are you doing? And DeGraves explains, we're going to use you as bait. Because uh, they have the phone, too. They're, like, they're going to use you as bait to get to Nick's. And DeGraves also explains that Richter was a criminal that he had put away, and when Richter got out, he took revenge on DeGraves by firebombing his family. And Nix was... So that flashback where Nix sees her family die in the car bomb was uh, a flashback to what Richter did to her. And we see a younger Richter kind of laughing to himself in the distance. And we uh, Nix survived. Her mother and sister did not. and But she was just mentally completely screwed up from that and she spent her some time in a mental institution she got addicted to drugs uh then she busted out and got hooked up with schism and graves is desperately trying to catch her again so he can save his daughter from becoming a complete and total monster and you know miles you know says oh my god you know i'm sorry to hear all this but really i'd rather not be bait if that's at all possible and DeGrave says, it doesn't matter, I'm sorry, Miles, but this has got to happen, this is going to end tonight. And they stop, and DeGraves kind of looks at his partner and says, well, what are you doing? And then his partner pulls out a gun and shoots him in the face and kills him, and we see that the partner has been bought by Richter as a way to keep the you know investigation from ever really getting to schism. And he plays Miles a recording of Richter, who says, you know, Miles is now, the deadline is even shorter for killing Nix if he wants Nova to live. And it's funny because Miles starts yelling at the recording and the cop just looks at him and goes, it's a recording, idiot. So the cop tells him, or uh, the, the recording says, you know, you've got X amount of time, uh, one of you's got to die, that's it, or Nova gets it. And um, we also see that, oh wait, what, when does that happen? Hold on, I'm sorry. Um, what? Oh, we yeah, we see that, um, so... Uh, after, yeah, after the cop has killed, um, uh, DeGraves, his partner, uh, we see that it's, so Niles has 30 minutes left to kill Nix, or they start, um, or they're gonna kill Nova. Um, and he leaves, and, um, Miles doesn't know what to do now, because he's got half an hour to go before... They kill his, his ex-girlfriend, who he's still got feelings for, obviously. Um, so he doesn't know what to do. So he starts trying to use his skill set now. And he goes to a local gaming cafe. And he wants to find a way to hack Schism so he can find where they're broadcasting from and get Nova back. Uh, the patron, or the, I don't know if she's the owner or just somebody who's there a lot, but we've seen her... Uh, that she has been watching Schism streams before, and she recognizes Miles as the Guns Akimbo guy. You're the Guns Akimbo guy, and she's he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And she shows him some some clips, and that that his stream right now is currently the most popular stream that Schism has ever put on, and he is just kind of infuriated by this, and he he thinks it's disgusting that people watch this, and he he pretty much says that to her, and she's like, "Yeah, whatever." And, but she helps him find, uh, the IP address of where Schism seems to be broadcasting from. And he goes to the van to try to, you know, kill them and get Nova back, but they're waiting for him. And 
Richter pulls out someone in a, a black bag over their head, shoots him in the head, and dumps him and drives away in the van that they were broadcasting from. And no, uh, Miles runs over and pulls the bag off, and it's Hadley, his his buddy from work. And he's very, you know, he feels terrible that he's gotten him killed. Um, and he says in another voiceover that he's constantly been letting people down his whole life, but it's time to, like, finally just man up and make a stand. And so he turns his... We, the next thing we see is um, Miles at a another kind of junkyardy location place. He turns his phone tracker on and uh, Nix shows up and he says, you know, let's forget about us killing each other. We should team up and go after them because there's no way they're going to keep up their, their end of the bargain where they're going to wipe your criminal record. And she appears to think about it for like half a second and then shoots him like four times in the chest and walks away. And everybody, like, the internet is, like, a totally sad that this crazy, plucky story of Miles, like, barely scraping by by the skin of his teeth is over. Um, uh, a team arrives from Schism to collect Miles's body and get rid of evidence so Schism can just keep going on doing what they're doing. And they open the, the van at their hideout, and they're calling his body out and then all of a sudden two gunshots come out from the bag and hit the goons in the head and kill him and miles forces his way out of the bag and we see a flashback earlier where miles had remarked that DeGrave's bulletproof vest really hadn't helped him when his partner had shot him in the head and he had actually contacted nicks prior to their alleged showdown that resulted in his death and she shows up and he's explaining to her what happened with Nova and that they've got her and that they're going to kill her without him. And they also, that he tells her that they've killed schism has killed her father. And we see Nick's look at his dead body. And she actually, we finally see other than the crazy one liners and anger that we see Nick's is looks genuinely heartbroken that her father has, is dead. And like, clearly she didn't want to be caught by him, but she also didn't want anything bad to happen to him either. She says something along the lines of, you damn stubborn old man. And he also fills her in that not only did they kill his father, or kill her father, but uh, that Richter is the one who set the firebomb that killed Nix's mother and sister all those years ago, and has been using her ever since uh, she got joined Schism. And so we see Nix helps him put on the bulletproof vest her dad was wearing, and he looks at her and stresses, now I cannot stress this enough, shoot me one time, just once, that's all you need, one bullet, one time. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And then she, we cut to her shooting him four times. And so he kills the two goons uh, in the present and opens the garage door to let Nix in. And he, yo, he, he goes, I'm pretty sure you did that on purpose. You just shot me deliberately like four times. I'm pretty sure I have internal bruising and she's just not giving a shit. And she's like telling, all you do is bitch, bitch, bitch. But like, let's go in there and kill some bad guys. And a guy opens the door because he hears them yelling at each other. And Miles just pops him in the freaking skull and says, fine, let's go do it then. And they kick in the door and we get this crazy frenetic frenzied action scene where they're just like, mowing down guys and we're watching you know uh miles's bullet count go down and down and down in each hand and nix is just mowing guys down with shotguns and smgs and assault rifles and 
like throwing knives and crap and it's just the action in this movie is beautifully done it's like half of it looks like amazingly choreographed and like so skillful and the other half is just like crazy brawling frenzied like bar fight and it's awesome and you know miles is finally like nutted up and you know like the bum said what are you gonna do when the shit goes down and he's he's fighting for you know his 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 love and you know something he cares about and to avenge his friend hadley and they're they get to a point where they've killed a bunch of the goons and they reach a computer and niles like clumsily tries to like hack into the computer and see if he can figure out what schism is doing and he looks at nixon's like can you do like come on like i'll tell you what to do but you gotta help me here and she goes nah it's pretty funny to watch you try and Samara Weaving was great in this movie. I had just seen her not too long ago in Ready or Not. And that was another kind of in the similar vein of this. Of like, it's a horror with dark comedy in it. And this is an action movie with really dark comedy in it. And she was great as this like, just ball-busting lunatic. Who is just... You never know what you're going to get out of her. And she was fantastic in this. So Miles like basically calls her a terrible person. And he figures out that schism is trying to expand and go global and operate you know across the world with multiple basically multiple richters operating their own schism cells across the world and uh henchman number two the woman who shot him with the trank dart shows up with double aa-12 automatic shotguns and nix is like oh my god like aa-12s this girl knows her guns and they start like having a small moment of mutual admiration for each other, which is hilarious. And uh, then Nyx just runs off. Henchwoman starts shooting at her. And then Henchwoman number one, the uh, idiot who tried to knock Miles out and just failed, uh, shows up, kicks her down a staircase, goes after her. So we get the... Miles is fighting Henchman, Henchwoman, I guess we'll call her, uh, on the upper level, and Nyx is fighting hench guy number one on the lower level and you know miles is taking a couple clumsy pot shots he's just failing horribly um and she sweeps his leg out pins him underneath like pins each of his hands underneath one of her heels and is just generally laughing at him for being you know this helpless and an idiot and poor nicks on the bottom floor is just getting the snot beat out of her by this guy and she throws a knife at him finally to try to catch him, but he or to try to get him. He catches it in his hand and gets ready to throw it back at her. So she tries to catch it in her hand and instead loses like three fingers on one of her hands. And I think it's like her middle finger and each of the other two fingers next to it. And she's screaming and wraps it up and he's whooping on her some more. And then he knocks her into a pile full of Coke and, I thought this would have been a hilarious time for Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue to start playing. Uh, I can't remember the song that actually does start playing, but I thought it was also pretty appropriate. So she gets all coke energized and starts wailing on him and, like, picks up a hammer and starts just knocking him around. She breaks his knee, she hits him in the jaw, she hits him in his nuts, and, like, one of his nuts explodes. (laughs) And upstairs, Miles is still pinned under the heels and she's just, like, laughing at him for being an idiot. And I think he, like, kicks her or shoulder checks her or, like, does something to squirm out and gets one of his hands free and then just shoots her right in the head from underneath and kills her. And underneath, uh, Nyx has 
beaten hench guy number one into a bloody pulp and uh but they're right near a gas line which has gotten nicked by either the hammer or something in their fight and it's leaking and he says i hear you're afraid of fire well then let's burn together and he pulls out a lighter and she's like freaking out and he can't get the lighter to light and she starts laughing at him saying it's got to be the most pathetic thing i've ever seen in my life and then miles comes down and sees him and goes nix watch out i got him and she tries to say don't shoot but he shoots and it hits the pipe and explodes killing the hench guy and blowing them like a really far distance um so they recover from that and they go he they're trying to figure out where to go next and uh you know, he, he, Nix is like, you're a video game guy, so what what happens when you're, you know, you're finding enemies? And he's like, you need more ammo? And she goes, no, idiot, you're going in the right direction. So they keep going, and we see that Richter has been made aware that Nix and Miles are in the building, and is like, all right, well, fine, go send the, the squad of guys after him. And they look, and the henchman looks at him and goes, they're dead, Richter, we already got them. Um... He's like, well, that's not good. We'll call the chopper and then send everybody after him. So Richter's trying to get the hell out of there before Nix and Miles get to him. And he takes Nova with him. And he's about... We see that uh, the cop, uh, DeGrave's partner, is there. And he's just going to abandon Richter because he's like, it's over, man. Like, you, you screwed up. Like, there's no way you can recover from this. And he starts to walk off. And Richter follows him and shoots him in the back. And is taunting him and getting ready to finish him off. And as he's doing this, Nova has written on the wall uh, in like a Sharpie or something, roof, so that Miles will know where to find her. So uh, Miles and Nix find like the the last bastion of the, the bad guy henches. And there's like 20 or 30 guys all shooting at him. And Nix says something along the lines of, oh, we, we screwed up. This is way too many bad guys. And they're just hunched behind this cover trying to not die. And, uh, Nyx realizes that there's no way that they're both getting out of here alive. And so she starts, uh, loading herself full of plastic explosive. And she tells Miles, uh, you've got to tell Richter I said hi. And she runs out with two SMGs and is shooting bad guys and bad guys. She's getting, she gets winged a couple times. And once she makes it as far as she can, she pulls the, or prets the detonator and just boom, kills every last remaining hench guy and gives miles a clear path to follow richter uh miles had actually i forgot this after uh the incident where miles blew up the pipe and you know almost killed the two of them she had tried to give him the finger but she tried it with the hand that had lost the fingers and he saved her middle finger and put it like he said well we gotta put it on ice you can reattach it um <laughs> so miles gets up to the roof and he's got one bullet left in his right gun and richter says you know before all this you were nothing you were a nobody but i turned you into a warrior a star you know admit it for the first time in your life you felt alive and miles says you know what i have to admit i did feel alive which is more than i can say for you and he pulls the trigger and he misses the last bullet goes wide and richter just kind of stares at him like wow you you really do suck at this and he shoots miles in the gut and miles flies backwards 
and you know he's he's laying there and nova thinks he's dead and the the you know richter is waiting for the chopper um but miles you know finds the strength within and he he pushes himself back up and he starts charging him just like rushing him even after he's been shot and he shoots him uh, richter shoots miles again doesn't stop him and he tackles richter and starts pistol whipping him with the empty guns and uh throws him over the edge of the roof richter's barely hanging on and richter says it doesn't even matter if you kill me anymore because schism's gone global you can't stop us and um miles says i know you've gone global and it doesn't matter and he takes out uh nix's middle finger and he says by the way nix says hello and he shoves her severed middle finger in richter's mouth and pistol whips his hands off and drops richter drops from the roof of the building falls to a death and collapses and then we see a scene where nova goes miles and she runs over to him and kisses him and they embrace and miles then we see he's laying actually on the ground bleeding out he goes yeah that was actually just a fever dream of my body going into shock turns out seeing your ex pistol whip a guy to death gives you ptsd not a big old lady boner and I actually really like that. I like it because it's always kind of insane that we'll get like this, I'm going to save my ex-girlfriend and she watches some action hero like either beat to death or shoot to death or something, a guy right in front of her. And yeah, it, like that should be a traumatizing event. That should that should definitely leave you with some lingering issues. And I like that this movie addressed that and we didn't get the, like, the, the love story resurgence at the end of it. Nova doesn't get back together with Miles. Um... I thought they were going to end it with Miles dying, but we see later that Miles did not die. He has he has lived. He has gotten the guns surgically removed from his hands. He's still got scars all over his, his hands from where the guns were. Uh, Nova has finally finished the graphic novel she was trying to work on, and it's called Guns Akimbo, using Miles as the basis for the hero. Um, Miles has now made it his life mission to stop Schism worldwide. And so he, we see he opens a file with all the locations of schism cells. He cl- uh, loads a Glock, puts it in his holster, gets in a car, and drives off. So his his new life goal is to go after schism around the world. Um, I thought this movie was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. It was just balls-to-the-wall craziness from the word go. Uh, the action was great. The performances were actually really good. Um, special effects for a relatively low-budget movie were still pretty decent. Uh, like I said, the soundtrack was just loaded with great, great stuff. Um, and it, it defied a lot of traditional action movie conventions. It, it, I mean, it obviously leaned into a bunch of them, but the hero didn't get the girl. Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, the hero was kind of barely that. He was barely a hero. He was just a guy who was forced into a really crappy situation and then had to rise to the occasion. Um... It, it definitely also kind of addressed the whole idea of the internet culture um, today, where people just love to watch awful things online or comment and troll and try to break people down. And, I mean, this is obviously like that to like the 10th degree, but, you know, Radcliffe's character is kind of like, what is wrong with people today? Like, why is this like acceptable? This, this is disgusting. We're, you're watching human beings fight to the death and you know murder each other this this shouldn't be cool and i 
I get where that is coming from because there's a lot of stuff that happens online today that shouldn't be cool and shouldn't be accepted. And it, 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 the movie did a good job of not going like too overly preachy. Like the whole thing wasn't just one big, oh, the internet, internet culture is bad. Because I think that would have gotten old really quick. They, they touch on it a little bit, enough to make, make the point and let you see what they're going for, but not so much that they hit you over the head with it like a hammer. Um, but this movie was great. It was a really... I think it flew under the radar because it, it didn't get a theatrical release. It was an independent movie. It was made in, I think, New Zealand was where they filmed and, you know, did everything else. Um, but, yeah, it was great. Daniel Radcliffe turned in a solid, fun performance. Um, Tomorrow Weaving was hilarious and totally badass as Nyx. Um, even, like, the supporting guys, like Hadley, Richter, and, and Nova were all... It was a lot of good performances across the board. Um, they obviously they did set it up for a sequel with that ending of Schism going worldwide. I almost kind of don't want one though. I feel like this was such a, a lightning in a bottle movie for me. Like the a sequel would probably not. I don't think it would be automatically bad, but it'd be hard to recapture. I think the fun, the just the, the general craziness of this movie, and and recapture it and make it as fun as the original. So I'm cool with like. Guns and Kimbo being a one-off, but that being said, if they did a sequel, I'd, I'd think I'd almost have to check it out of, out of curiosity's sake alone. Um, but that was, I think, a fun movie. If you haven't seen it, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I bought the Blu-ray, but definitely check it out. Um, that is all I've got for you this episode. Um, hopefully next episode I can get uh, uh, another guest with me, uh, but, you know, scheduling and, and social distancing and all that, we'll have to see. Maybe I'll do... Um, like a FaceTime or a, a voice call with somebody to get, to get that working. But thanks for listening, guys. We are also on iTunes. We're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. I always post the direct link on our Facebook page so you can find us there at dinner and a show. Um, uh, leave a review in iTunes or I don't know, I don't know if Spotify has reviews, but if they do, leave us one. <laughs> uh, and I will talk to you guys next episode. Thanks and have a great time.